If you're passionate about your ride, you're in the right place. Todd Bianco is talking cars, trucks, crossovers, electric and hybrid vehicles, and amazing auction and used car finds. This is all revved up from iHub Radio. Here's Todd. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Wow, there's a lot of news going on in the automotive world these days. So let's just start with some important stuff like uh, the Ford F-150 Lightning, and that's the electric F-150 that's being unveiled today. Uh, It's later today, so we don't have the exact specs, but if anybody was uh, watching TV yesterday, they probably saw that Joe Biden, uh, President Biden, was in in Detroit and uh, at Ford, he got to test drive the new F-150 Lightning, and I think he had a lot of fun with it. It is very fast. And it was shown in camouflage, but we've seen teaser shots of it before. But I think Ford has a hit on its hands if it can actually make it. I mean, a lot of the times these things are constrained because they don't have the batteries for them. So we'll see what happens. But uh, next week, I'll probably have the details uh, on the F-150 Lightning uh, that are revealed later today. So let's talk about what uh, Biden talked about as far as the American Jobs Plan Supercharging Future of Transportation and Manufacturing. This was a fact sheet put out by the White House yesterday uh, while he was in uh, Detroit. And it says that uh, increasingly the global market is shifting to electric vehicles, uh, tapping into EVs, potential to save families thousands of dollars, lower carbon pollution, and make the air we breathe cleaner. Yet despite pioneering the technology, the United States is behind the race to manufacture these vehicles and the batteries that go in them. Yes, that's called China. Uh, today, the U.S. market uh, share of plug-in vehicles, uh, EVs, uh, is sales is one-third of that of the Chinese market. And in 2020, China had approximately 800,000 public charging points compared to 100,000 in the United States. Um, President Biden believes that it is time for this to change and for the U.S. to lead in EV manufacturing, infrastructure, deployment, and innovation. Now, to t- just to talk a moment about what's going on in China, because China – Uh, heavily incentivizes uh, the purchases of EVs. So they're really they're really pushing it. And if you've seen some of the pictures of the pollution in the major cities in China, you'll know that uh, they're they really need to be serious about that. And we know that the Chinese are still building coal fired power plants, because I guess they need the electricity. But they're pushing to have uh, basically the automotive infrastructure be EVs within you know, a certain number of years, probably within 10 years or so. So let's see what this says. Uh, Through the investments in the American Jobs Plan, we can reestablish U.S. leadership in in electric vehicles and batteries. The the American Jobs Plan will position America to win the future of transportation and manufacturing with once-in-a-generation investments that will strengthen our ability to create good-paying union jobs, uh, dramatically expand American manufacturing, make EVs more affordable for families, and uh, and ship uh, EVs and their parts around the world. Uh, now is the golden time for long-term uh, transform- transformative investments uh, as the economy heals and interest rates remain low. Uh, President Biden believes these investments will ensure we manufacture the next generation of vehicles right here in, the, in America. I'll lead the world in EV and battery innovation and create strong, sustained, and durable growth for decades to come. 
okay, that's not a bad idea. These are all good ideas. Uh, the American Jobs Plan will create incentives to uh, to lower the cost and support uh, and support the uh, uh, market demands for electric vehicles. These incentives are a proven uh, a policy to uh, support the growing market in EVs, uh, which then drives down the purchase price as the auto industry scales up and production production and creates incentives for domestic production. Uh, the Americans Job Plan will support EV deployment with consumer incentives. And this is important, and this is what I think is most people are interested in, is point-of-sale incentives. So you don't have to worry about filing a tax return to try to get $7,500 back. I think they're talking about $7,000 now. They're also talking about uh, not uh, allowing the uh, rebate or the incentive uh, on higher priced uh, EVs. So you won't be able to see it on, say, a Tesla Model S or a Lucid Air or even maybe a Top and Rivian or GM uh, Hummer. Uh, because they're so expensive at this point, but they haven't really outlined what that is. So they're going to say that uh, point-of-sale incentives that encourage EV development, these incentives will go not towards expensive luxury models and will incentivize manufacturers to use good labor practices. I guess that means union. Uh, Incentives provide critical encouragement for manufacturers to sell more EVs. When you go to the dealer, they'll basically take seven thousand dollars off the cost of your car right on top of it i think that's the best way to do it rather than going through the tax system then it talks about tax credits for zero emissions medium and heavy duty vehicles a tax credit that will support the markets for electric and fuel cell vehicles and other heavy vehicles this is basically for the uh, major fleets this is a corporate type of thing that will uh, allow big corporations to uh, renew their fleets with EVs or low or no emission vehicles. I think you'll see some fuel cell trucks in there, but don't count on too many of those because those are difficult to make. And right now, battery electric is where the market is moving. Uh, Transit buses, $25 billion as a transformative investment in clean transit vehicles. These advanced vehicles will uh, improve urban air quality and environmental justice. A lot of times, poor neighborhoods are close to major transportation hubs, and they're suffering from the pollution consequences of their uh, being in uh, in that location. I think that's what they're talking about here. Uh, Federal fleet leadership, funding for federal agencies, including the Postal Service, to lead on transitioning their vehicle fleets to electric and installing uh, charging infrastructure. The federal government spends more than half a trillion dollars buying goods and services each year. Uh, This purchasing power can be used to drive innovation and clean energy production, as well as to support high-quality jobs. Uh, then he talks about manufacturing and supply chains. Uh, the, manu- uh, the American Jobs Plan recognizes that EVs are important to the future of a strong American manufacturing base, securing the domestic production of EV parts like batteries, also representing an opportunity to shore up U.S. competitiveness in a growing market, bolster our domestic supply chain, and create good-paying jobs in the United States, union jobs. The American Jobs Plan will provide tax credits for clean uh, vehicle manufacturing. Uh, it will incentive, incentivize the startup of new battery production facilities, uh, provide low-cost credit for the production of advanced vehicles, 
let's see, a fund retooling for dormant factories. So the, the, this is called brownfield grants. Uh, there's a lot of these factories that are just sitting empty around the country uh, that could be repurposed and reopened, hopefully, uh, to uh, revitalize communities that suffered greatly when a lot of these things were uh, closed down. He also wants to create a national uh, network of charging infrastructure. He wants to have over 500,000 EV chargers uh, by 2030. This will promote strong labor, training, and installation standards, and it will establish grants and incentives for public EV charging infrastructure and tax credits for other charging infrastructure. Also, to fund uh, research and innovation, scaled up federally funded research and development, and uh, to make it all in America. I think these are all good ideas, and Joe had a, a lot of things to say at Ford and talked about all these things. And you know what he didn't talk about? Not once was Tesla. Tesla is the an American company based in California making far more EVs than Ford or General Motors or Chrysler or any of the ones combined uh, is by far the market leader in EVs and has the most battery facilities than any other company in the United States. And they're here. There's one in, in Nevada. Uh, there's a, it's gigantic in Nevada. They're building one right now in Austin, Texas that the, the will build – the, the factory there will not only make batteries, of course, but it will build the Cybertruck and it will build the Model Y. Uh, then there's the, they have a, a plant in Fremont uh, that is gigantic and that's building the Model 3 and the Model Y and the Model S and the Model X. But they also have this uh, – it's not so secret anymore. At one time it was. They call it Cato Road. It's a – Basically, it's a test facility for manufacturing their new type of batteries. It's been running for over a year now, and they called it Project Roadrunner. It's very public now, and Tesla discussed the type of batteries that they're making there. They're called 4680 cells, and there's no mystery to that. It's 46 millimeters by 80 millimeters. This is basically the size of this cell. It's a round cell battery. It kind of looks like a fat you know, D battery. I mean, much bigger than that, I get, but it looks like that. And it's a tabless battery and will become part of the structural uh, components of any uh, Tesla to, to, be, to be made in the future. Right now, they're going to use it for, I think, the Model S and Model X, the new refreshed ones. They're going to be used on the, uh, the Semi, which is being produced out of Giga Nevada. And it's likely that some of those cells will come from Panasonic because Panasonic has agreed to gear up to make those cells for Tesla. Uh, and then, of course, the battery uh, production site in uh, Austin, Texas, will also make the 4680 cells for both the Cybertruck and the Model Y that it's going to be making there. So Joe forgot to mention that. Now, LG Chem, which is a Korean company, uh, is making a, a gigantic factory for uh, battery factory for General Motors uh, in Lordstown, Ohio, and they're going to build a second factory. Uh, in Spring Hill, Tennessee, where there's going to be manufacturing of the Cadillac Lyric, and then there's going to be a Honda or Acura EV that will be built by GM at that location. Ford is clamoring for more uh, locations. Uh, SK Innovations, a, a Korean company, is building a plant in Georgia. There's a lot of things going on, but the only American company building gigantic factories is Tesla, and I think he didn't mention Tesla because Tesla is not unionized. Now, Pe Tesla pays wages that are 
the same as basically the unions, but they're not unionized. And they uh, there was a failed attempt to unionize their their uh, plant in Fremont, California, a year or two ago. Maybe that's why they weren't mentioned, but they are an American company doing all these things in the United States, as well as exporting their uh, talent to other countries, including China and Berlin and uh, Germany, where they're going to manufacture in the heart of uh, you know, the, the German companies. They're going to be doing it in Mercedes and BMW backyard, and I think that they want us to show them up. Wow, it'll be interesting to see how that works. Uh, we're going to talk about more when we get back after the break, but uh, this is Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Reft Up on IHEP Radio, and we'll be right back. need your help now. Help us help them. The Fogelson Family Foundation and Jewish Family Service of the Desert collaborated to form the Family Assistance Program. The need is great. JFS has heard from over 400 families who still need help. Together, we are there to fill the gap. Call 760-325-4088. It is estimated that 50% of the Coachella Valley households have had detrimental financial effect due to COVID-19. Job loss, decreased hours are just a couple obstacles facing local families. Please call today and consider a donation at any level, which is distributed to qualifying households for crucial necessities such as food and medications, overdue rent, and minor home repairs. Each and every dollar goes to help vulnerable families in the Coachella Valley. Phone 760-325-4088 or visit jfsdesert.org. From Detroit and beyond, Todd's talking about trucks, cars, vans, SUVs, and even the occasional dune buggy. It's all revved up on iHub Radio. We were talking about the uh, things that uh, President Biden had talked about as far as uh, this, uh, what he wants to do to make uh, in investments in EVs in the United States and build them here in the United States. Uh, I I really applaud that. I hope we can do something because it is important that we don't fall behind China. Uh, 
news flash that already came through this uh, this afternoon was that the Ford F-150, both of it, they make it at two different plants and they make it in huge volumes. Uh, both plants have been idled now for two weeks because Ford doesn't have the chips. So if anybody thinks that, that you know, the micro, uh, the semiconductor microchips that are used in just about every vehicle made, uh, they don't have enough to make the F-150. And the F-150 for Ford is their profit. It is the franchise. Yeah. Uh, hey, Todd, you know, last night, uh, very interesting and odd considering the type of show it normally is, edition of the Rachel Maddow show on MSNBC, because Rachel did her whole first 25 minutes of the show on the F-150 Lightning. And part of that was that she had an interview with the woman who is the chief engineer on this product. And it was fascinating to watch uh, and and to hear them talk about uh, these um, kinds of things on what we would normally think of as a politics show. But one of the things that I really got out of the uh, got a kick out of out of it was that they had shown uh, a, a promotional video that apparently Ford had put together some time ago where they showed a um, F-150 pickup truck pulling, about 1.2 million pounds when they put 42 uh, F-150s on a cargo train and then pulled the train cars with the truck. Yeah, I I saw that. I've seen that video. They did it right after Tesla pulled the... Uh, they took their cyber truck and pulled an F-150 behind them. So Ford thought they needed to get something out there. Yeah, well, one of the, the uh, woman who is the driver of the truck in that is the woman who's the chief engineer on the Lightning F-150. And mm-hmm. so she came on last night and talked about a lot of the the things that you know are great about this vehicle. But the fact of the matter is, is as Rachel pointed out, that as the F-150 goes electric so too shall virtually every other vehicle because of the fact that this is the best-selling vehicle in America. And right. and the fact that they sell uh, like uh, $42 billion yeah. worth of Ford revenue each year is from the F-150. So well, if you F- don't have yeah, the, the chips... The F-150 is the franchise, and they sell eight or 900,000 of them a year. They're closing in on a million very quickly. Uh, if they if Ford didn't have the F-150, Ford would be bankrupt and out of business right now. Right. And and so um, it speaks, as you're talking about, critically to the need for these microchips. And yeah. this is a problem that Detroit and all automakers, for that matter, are going to have to get resolved. Yeah, every, everybody it's, has a problem. It's with this. an issue I, of national security, really. It is, and and a lot of these are made. Most of them are made by foreign manufacturers. Intel has fallen quite far behind. Uh, I know that Tesla gets some of its uh, uh, chips are actually uh, microprocessors from uh, Samsung, and they're made in Texas. But remember, when Texas had a little problem with their power grid. So yep. so did the uh, plant making the chips for Tesla and many other people. Well, it all went down. It, it seems went, like Texas's America's going to have to get back in the game on domestic semiconductor uh, manufacturing. 
Yeah, I think Intel's really trying to to gear up now. But apparently, these factories take. I saw an, uh, there there they did a, a segment on this in sixty minutes a couple of weeks ago, and it takes a gigantic investment, you know, like six billion dollars, and and uh, you know it takes a few years to build these things because they have to be very very clean. Uh, they have these extremely sophisticated robots that work with these things, and these things don't just happen. You know, you don't just check a box or call somebody and say, "Could you send a you know three hundred robots to me today?" <laughs> <laughs> it of doesn't, it doesn't not. work that way. I mean, these things have to be planned. But Intel, you know, fell behind. I, you know, for whatever reason, and so these things are you know these chips come from China. They come the largest is from Taiwan. Uh, and of course, if, if China has a you know a cold, Taiwan gets a fever and dies. And you know you have to be very careful about that relationship. So between Taiwan, uh, South Korea, and China, that's where most of the, and, and Japan, that's where most of the chips come from right now. Indeed, yeah, not not the United States, and it should be. Yep, absolutely. All right, uh, this is Todd Bianco, and uh, John gave me an assist this, uh, for this t- period. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, this is all revved up on iHub Radio, and we'll be right back. It's Todd Bianco talking cars and trucks on iHub Radio's All Revved Up. Here's Todd. Welcome back. Before the break, we were talking about the issue of semiconductor shortage uh, and uh, what it's going to cost the auto industry. Uh, there is a study that was done uh, that says that it's going to cost global automakers $110 billion in revenue this year. And that's a consulting firm called Alex Partners. Uh, that's up from $61 billion that they projected in January. Interruptions to the supply chain, including a fire at a Japanese semiconductor facility, uh, severe weather in Texas, and a drought in Taiwan, pushed the firm to increase its original estimates, which also include the production loss of 2.2 million vehicles. Uh, which represents a little more than 4.5% of the vehicles automakers had planned to build this year. That's a lot. That's a big hit. Uh, So, yeah, it is is a national security issue. Uh, Let's see. Now, it seems like old news, but uh, it was maybe a week ago that Elon Musk tweeted that uh, Tesla will no longer accept Bitcoin as payment for its products. Um, this is, you know, a 180 for Elon and Tesla. Just a few months ago, Tesla bought over $1.5 billion of Bitcoin to diversify its balance sheet and to give a nod to cryptocurrency as legitimate. Uh, and after the large purchase, Elon announced that Tesla would accept Bitcoin as payment for its cars. Uh, as far as anyone knows, only a handful of people actually bought their Tesla with their Bitcoin. Um, but Tesla was widely c- criticized because of the energy consumed to what they call mine. I mean, they've got vast, com- you know, computer farms, you know, server farms that are busy mining Bitcoin, uh, and it was a huge waste waste of electricity. 
uh, that moment that was, you know, mostly done with the dirty coal generation. Uh, so here's Elon's statement. Cryptocurrency is a good idea on many levels. Uh, we believe it has a promising future, but this cannot come at a great cost to the environment. He went on to say that Tesla will no longer will no, be selling, uh, will not be selling any of its Bitcoin. So they're going to hold it. We intend to use it for transactions as soon as mining uh, transitions to more sustainable energy. We are looking at other cryptocurrencies that use uh, less than 1% of Bitcoin's energy uh, transaction. So here's what happened. After Tesla bought the Bitcoin, uh, the, the, there was a gigantic spike. I mean, if you looked at the, the charts on this, there was a gigantic spike in uh, uh, Bitcoin mining. And what may, and it was going to be very dirty. And here's how this they knew about this. Uh, some hedge fund or investor group purchased a dead uh, coal-fired power plant in New York and recommissioned it purely 100% of the electricity was going to server farms to mine Bitcoin. Now, this was after Tesla did their purchase of Bitcoin, and it's a gigantic mess to the environment to, to have this coal-fired power plant working. And as, when, they, when, you know, when Tesla saw this, they changed their mind about uh, Bitcoin being used as for transactions because it was being done very, you know, in a very unsustainable way. And I think that uh, Elon says that there's many ways to mine for Bitcoins or any other cryptocurrency, but it can be done with green energy and it can be done sustainably. And until that time, they're not going to uh, accept it for payment on their uh, products. Uh, good news for uh, car lovers and that uh, classic car lovers. The Pebble Beach Concourse d'Elegance is back on. Uh, Lamborghini McLaren and Aston Martin uh, confirmed to attend. Uh, it will go on this year as usual, the fourth Sunday in August. Uh, Mercedes-Benz and Rolls-Royce will not attend for the first time in decades. Uh, Aston Martin has promised a global reveal. Uh, display two cars owned by uh, the company chairman, Lawrence Stroll, and reveal some Bond stuff, according to a spokesman. Porsche said that it's pressing forward with an abundance of caution. Uh, I don't, wanna, don't know what that means. Uh, I guess they're thinking about going, and BMW and Ferrari have not responded to press inquiries yet. Uh, Bentley is said to be mulling it over. Okay, well, Lamborghini and Bentley are part of the same group, so maybe they'll consider it. Uh, uh, Hyundai will build um, electric cars in the United States in 2022. The automaker announced that it's part, you know, it's part of a $7.4 billion investment that Hyundai plans to make in the U.S. by uh, by 2025, which includes hydrogen uh, and mobility service products uh, projects. Um, Hyundai said that it will offer a suite of American-made electric vehicles, but hasn't finalized details yet. They plan on monitoring market conditions and U.S. government policy, meaning EV rebates that Biden talked about, uh, because if those rebates come, you know, point-of-sale rebates, there's going to be uh, much higher sales of EVs probably because of that. Uh, Hyundai has a huge factory in Alabama, and while its sister brand Kia has a, a huge factory in Georgia, it's likely that Kia will build EVs in the U.S. as well, but that announcement has not come yet. The investment includes uh, agreements with the Department of Energy, 
um, and uh, diesel engineering uh, manufacturer Cummins to develop fuel cell commercial trucks scheduled for later this year. Tr- the trucks will transport cargo between ports and inland warehouses, similar to Toyota's Project Portal in Los Angeles and Long Beach, the ports of uh Hyundai also plans to launch a subsidiary based in Washington, D.C. to focus on urban air mobility. That's kind of interesting, which likely means that it's going to be air taxi services using small electric and possibly uh, autonomous aircraft. Uh, it already revealed, revealed that it has a joint venture with tech firm Aptiv, P-T-I-V, uh, and aimed at uh, uh, small electric and possibly autonomous, you know, uh, you know, Aptiz does um, autonomous uh, software. So that's what they're, you know, driving, uh, that, that they'll probably be using that in these kinds of, you know, urban air mobility uh, aircraft. Uh, the, the joint venture with Aptiv is uh, called M- uh, mo- mo- Motional. M-O-T-I-O-N-A-L, Motional. It's uh, working to provide autonomous um, vehicles for lift, ride hailing as well. Uh, So that's all very ambitious. Uh, Stellantis and iPhone maker Foxconn announced a strategic partnership this week. Fiat Chrysler Automobiles, which is now part of Stellantis, said in January, this is just before the merger, that it planned to set up a joint uh, venture with Han Pai uh, Precision Industry, which is Foxconn's parent, uh, to build electric cars and develop internet-connected vehicles. Okay. Uh, it's initially focused, of course, on the Chinese market because that's where EVs, that, that's the big EV market. So efforts to finalize the partnerships were were delayed uh, by their merger, uh, Fiat Chrysler's merger with PSA uh, to form Stellantis, which was uh, completed in January. Uh, A relaunch in in China is one of the main goals of Stellantis, as China is both the largest automobile market in the world and the largest EV market in the world. The the original plans would be for Hanhai to oversee design components and supply chain management, which they are good at. Uh, they do it for the iPhone very well uh, for this joint venture. The new JV uh, may focus initially on a small cockpit or in-car digital services, uh, according to people familiar with the matter. In October, Hanhai uh, unveiled its first EV uh, chassis as well as a software platform aimed, you know, aimed at helping EV makers get mod- get models to market faster. Uh, the company also outlined plans to release a uh, solid-state battery by 2024. Uh, since then, it has signed deals with uh, Chinese EV startup Byton. Uh, Byton makes great cars uh, that, that we've seen in, in uh, that were supposed to be starting delivered you know, a year or two ago, and it never got there. Uh, but then, and U.S.-based Fisker, which is also sort of your, uh, we don't, we haven't seen a Fisker Ocean, which is their SUV that they plan on building. We haven't seen one of those on the road yet either. Uh, Hanhai which is a Taiwanese company, has a massive presence in China and certainly could help Stellantis improve its weak position in the world's largest auto market. Uh, The automaker generated less than 3% of its revenue from the Asia-Pacific region. That's the whole region. Oh, God. In January, Foxconn and China's Geely Holding Group, which also owns Volvo, said they were cooperating to provide contract manufacturing for automakers. Uh, They said they were in talks to provide contract manufacturing services to electric vehicle startup Faraday Future. Uh, there, so there's lots of talk here. I, you know, I haven't seen any fruits of any of these partnerships uh, come 
come to market yet. Talking is good. Uh, reality is best. Uh, Fisker, which is also an EV startup, uh, we just talked about them and their, you know, but how, you know, the the ocean, uh, which is their EV uh, SUV, uh, is a great concept car, but no production, announced an agreement with Sharp uh, to develop and produce interior interface technologies for up to four. Uh, upcoming electric vehicles. Uh, the agreement would mean that Sharp will supply screens and other components with class-leading resolution balanced with optimized power consumption uh, to a series of upcoming uh, Fisker v- models, uh, including the agreement included with the agreement is the Ocean SUV due to be built by Magna for the you know, late 2022 market arrival. Uh, they say they're going to build an affordable $30,000 electric vehicle um, they say that, uh, resulting from Project Pair, whatever that is, uh, due in the fourth quarter of 2023, and potentially two additional Fisker vehicles. So that's a lot of vaporware that, that they're talking about here. Uh, Fisker's very good at uh, talking about projects and, and showing us a, a you know, a a, a a show car just to you know see here's here's what we've got, but actual production is not so much in there. Uh, G- DNA yet. I haven't seen anything come out yet. Uh, so they've, um, uh, what we didn't know, what I didn't know is that uh, uh, Sharp, which is, you know, a Japanese electronic company, is owned by uh, Han Hai, you know, Taiwan, which is Foxconn. Um, so there's, you know, there's another, you know, tie with them. Uh, the, the company assembles their iPhones and Xboxes and many other top tier electronics. Uh, which is, you know, a big deal for for uh, uh, these companies to be talking about that. The, you know, Sharp and Foxconn and all these are, you know, real companies making revenue and making a lot of, of stuff. But so far, vaporware from uh, from our friends at Fisker. Don't hoard gasoline, boys and girls. Uh, you know that there's been a problem with the gas supply uh, during the. Uh, uh, the Colonial Pipeline, which was hacked by the Russians, uh, in Citrus. So, in Citrus County uh, Rescue, was by what happened was here is that uh, last week during this intense panic, uh, the uh, Citrus County Fire and Rescue responded to a fire outside a Sitco gas station in Herm, uh, Homosassa, Florida. Uh, the, the vehicle burning was a Hummer, a Hummer H2, which almost burned to the ground after a man attempted to transport five, I mean, four five-gallon containers of gasoline in the back of the car. Um, the driver was injured but refused medical attention against EMT advice. The gas containers were in the cargo area, and it's unclear how they caught fire, but the genius driver thought it was a really, remember this is in Florida, um, uh, thought it was a really good idea to light a cigarette. Uh, after he left the gas station. Uh, you know, just don't do it, folks. And I saw someone put plastic bags of gas in their trunk. Very bad idea. Uh, this is Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Ripped Up on iHeartRadio, Radio, and we will be right back.
Bob Bianco's All Revved Up continues on iHub Radio. Participation encouraged, but not required. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Todd. Welcome back. Uh, The National Highway Transportation and Safety Administration uh, has opened an investigation into more than 1.1 million 2013 through 2015 Honda Accords because there were more than 100 complaints last year over a potential steering defect. According to the agency's documentation, the problem causes the steering wheel to jerk to one side without warning, which made uh, which made affected vehicles veer off course suddenly. Uh, the NHTSA reported that two crashes and two injuries occurred as a result of the defect, uh, but there were no fi- fatalities associated with it. Uh, the NTSA, NHTSA's Office of Defect Defects Investigation has received a petition uh, had received a petition last October to initiate an engineering analysis of the steering problems, which, uh, according to the complaint, affected 2013 Honda Accords. Uh, vehicles from 2014 and 2015 uh, model years were identified later and added to the investigation. Uh, the investigations like this take a long time, so don't expect a recall anytime soon. Uh, and, you know, if a safety defect, of course, is identified, I'm sure Honda will do a recall as required. Uh, the Tesla Roadster, will, the, the new one, the, the really cool one, will be on display at the Peterson Automotive Museum. Uh, pre-production prototype will be parked on the second floor of the museum's building and electric future exhibit. Uh, it'll be uh, next to the museum's 2006 original Tesla Roadster, which carries the serial number 7. Uh, the Tesla Roadster will be there from uh, May uh, 19th, uh, which is today, uh, through June 2nd. Uh, advanced online re- online reservations are required, and the first three, probably more by more by more now, uh, days are already sold out. Uh, the Peterson says that it's always had a close relationship with Tesla. Um, the museum also scored a Cybertruck last year that attracted huge crowds. Uh, Tesla's design center is located in Hawthorne, which is just a few miles down the 405 from the museum. Uh, the car promises outrageous performance. The claimed zero to 60 time is 1.9 seconds, that, and that's without the SpaceX, SpaceX cold air thruster package, uh, and a zero to 104.2 seconds, and will hit top speed of, of 250 miles per hour. Range is claimed at a 600, to be 621 miles based on what will likely be a 200 kilowatt hour battery pack uh, using Tesla's new 4680 uh, cells being produced at its Roadrunner Cato Road prototype facility. Uh, the first ones will be $250,000 according to Elon and $200,000 thereafter, which in supercar pricing is actually pretty good and it beats everything else on, you know, in its class. Uh, Lamborghini has set the goal of curbing its carbon emissions by 50% uh, from current levels by the year 2025, and it will rely, of course, on electrification to do it. The strategy will include both hybrid, hybrids and electric cars. Uh, Lamborghini CEO uh, Stefan Winkelmann, very German, um, <clears throat> which is, you know, Lamborghini is owned by Audi, which is owned by Volkswagen, um, confirmed plans to add Lamborghini's first regular production 
production hybrid in 2023 on the way to a full hybrid lineup by the end of 2024. He didn't specify what kind of hybrid, whether a standard hybrid or a plug-in, but it's likely that plug-in technology will make its way to Lamborghini's future cars, including successors to the Aventador and Huracan supercars. Uh, of course, the performance is paramount, and Lamborghini will make use of lightweight technology as well as increased use of advanced composite materials uh, to compensate for the added weight of electrification. Uh, Lamborghini will invest more than $1.5 billion over the next four years to electrify its uh, lineup. Uh, looking further out, uh, Lamborghini will launch its first fully electric vehicle, probably by the end of this decade. It'll be a fourth model and arrive sometime in you know, like I said, later in this decade. Uh, there were no specifics given, but it will likely be a two plus two grand tour, uh, something like a modern Espada. Uh, Canoe, the LA-based uh, EV startup, uh, taking orders for its lifestyle is taking orders now for its lifestyle ve- lifestyle vehicle. That's what it's called, and pickup. Very original names. Deliveries of the lifestyle vehicle are expected for the end of 2022 and early 2023 for the pickup. Both are very futuristic cab over front wheels uh, that ride um, on the company's skateboard platform. The flexible platform can accommodate motors in the front rear, uh, making it a dual motor all-wheel drive setup. The range is estimated to be about 250 miles uh, with high-speed charging, of course. Um, I don't know how well the software works in these vehicles, but if you go to the company's website and watch the videos explaining features on these vehicles, you will be blown away by the versatility, utility, and availability of customization for these vehicles, particularly the pickup truck. I love it. Uh, the uh, lifestyle vehicle will, be, will range from 34750 to 49950 uh, um, according to the company's press release. There will be three trim levels, delivery, that's actually a trim level, base, and premium. Uh, a range-topping adventure model will also go in the lineup as part of the lineup with pricing announced later this year. Uh, the lifestyle vehicle's preliminary spef- specifications are 300 horsepower and 323 pound-feet of torque and a 250-mile range. Uh, the pickup boasts an estimated 500 horsepower and 550 pound-feet of torque with a targeted range of 200 miles. Uh, my guess is if for that kind of uh, power they have, it's a dual motor setup for the pickup. Um, they also have a delivery van, the multi-purpose van, MPDV, multi-purpose delivery van, MPDV, a very original name. Uh, it is scheduled for delivery in, uh, deliveries in late uh, in 2023 uh, with a previously quoted price of $33,000. Uh, no price was given for the pickup. Uh, you thought uh, GMC Hummer was big. I mean, the GM Hummer was always a big truck. And we've seen uh, the GMC Hummer uh, pickup truck and GMC Hummer uh, SUV. That's been shown by General Motors. But what we didn't know is just how porky the damn thing is. A new report puts the top-spec GMC Hummer EV's curb weight at a massive 9,046 pounds. That number was reported by an enthusiast website, uh, GM Trucks, and was shared on Autoblog and was confirmed by Road and Track. Uh, They spoke to GMC and they said, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, To be specific, that eye-popping number is only to the fully loaded edition one with, you know, three motors and a gigantic 200-kilowatt-hour battery that must weigh a, a ton. But it's just really damn heavy. That's four Miatas. Four. In one truck, that's really heavy. No wonder it needs a 200 kilowatt hour battery pack. 
Uh, okay, our friends at Jaguar Land Rover are actually having a good uh, good year as it back in black as it struggles to fulfill uh, its demand for the the Defender SUV from uh, Land Rover. Uh, it's you know every realtor in town in Southland has been you know hasn't had their order fulfilled yet, and there are lots of angry Chinese who are waiting for one as well. Uh, unfortunately, hanging your profits on just one vehicle is not a good idea, particularly when a, cl- a chip shortage makes it very difficult to run your production lines around the clock. Uh, the Defender is very popular. I've seen it uh, everywhere around here. Um, when we get back, uh, John McMullen and I are going to be talking our bring our trailer picks for the week, and we've got a lot of very interesting things to tell you about with those cars. Uh, we'll see you back then. This is Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Rift Up on iHub Radio. 